Hello and welcome to Meet the Education Researcher. This is a podcast from the Faculty of Education at Monash University and here we talk with researchers in and around the faculty about their current reading, writing and thinking. So welcome to the middle of Times Square in New York City. We're here on the eve of the 102nd annual meeting of the American Education Research Association, AERA. For anyone involved in education research, AERA is one of the most fantastic but also one of the most exhausting conferences in the world. This year it's spread across nine different hotels in Midtown New York. It has over two and a half thousand different sessions and they reckon that this year the event has attracted over 14,000 attendees. So it's one of the toughest education conferences to get accepted for. But if you're lucky enough to attend then you'll learn a hell of a lot while also sometimes feeling like a very small piece in a very big machine. So enough from me, in this podcast we get to hear from Monash faculty and friends that I catch up with over the five days of the conference to give us a flavour of what people are getting from the intensity of this year's AERA experience. So it makes sense to first hear from the man who's financing all of the Monash academics to be here, Dean of the Faculty, John Lochran. Hey Neil, how you doing? So John, you're an AERA veteran, how many years now? Uh, coming up for... 28 I think. Do you remember the first time? I sure do. I remember it being really really scary the first time and thinking what goes on here and being able to try and present something in what five minutes I think it was at the time and having 3,000 slides <laughs> on the old acetate. So your first piece of advice is don't have 3,000 slides? Absolutely. You could have one or two ideas that's it. Any highs or lows? Do you have any memorable AERAs? Yeah, I mean, and it's still the same for me today. AERA is fantastic because you bump into your bibliography all the time and there's nothing better. And, and I think one of the most important things about AERA is finding those people and saying hi and hopefully getting a cup of coffee and having a talk. And when you know people, you know their work a lot better. So yeah, yeah. big deal. So what are you down to do for the five days in New York? What's on the agenda? Uh, so I'm in the old sort of character thing now a lot of my work now is about creating opportunities for others so I'm actually here mostly because I'm meeting with a bunch of deans where we're putting together an international alliance and it's this same thing you know what is the type of networking that you can create how does it open up opportunities for others so I'm not actually presenting any research you, you could think you know maybe I'm here on a bit of a, a fun journey but but really it's about um, bigger picture stuff for the uni. So you're here for the greater good. The greater good, thanks Neil, good way of putting it. And so finally, it costs a lot of money to send Australian academics all the way to the US. Why do you think AERA is actually worth the cost and all the hassle? So anybody who's anybody in education is at AERA, so there's access and possibilities. But the other thing too is, our job as academics is to have ideas and to research them and put them out for critique. And you have no better audience than you have at AERA. So being here, doing that work and sharing it and being critiqued is the big idea. Right, so I've now bumped into Jeff Brooks in the book hall. Jeff, how's ARA going for you? It's good, I'm really enjoying it so far. What are you doing here? Are you presenting? Are you discussing? Yeah, all of the above. I'm chairing a few sessions. I've got uh, publishers I'm meeting with, some board meetings, those kinds of things, but also yeah, trying to take in as much as I can. So, I mean, in terms of the papers that you're presenting, what sort of work, what sort of research, what sort of projects are you talking about? Um, the big presentation I have is tomorrow, and it's about sort of uh, dabbling with the idea of building a meta-theory of, of uh, leadership for social justice. So taking from various models that have been made over the last 10 years or so, and trying to see if you can craft, find uh, what's similar and what's different about them. One of the things that interests me is the theme of the conference is public education, democracy, social justice. I mean, what, how are those themes being talked about at this particular conference? 
Um, I think that there's, uh, I've seen a little bit more of a talk on uh, activism and specifically student activism, which I think is refreshing, but because of the what's happened in Parkland and, and around the, the world recently with students rising up and gaining or claiming their voices a bit more, I think I've seen that as a, that as a theme much more prominently. And finally, coming from Australia, you are actually American. Are you now noticing American academia in a slightly different way now that you're 10,000 miles away? Well, I always realize that American academia is focused very much on America, and uh, but I think it's so so powerfully brought home to me now. And you know, you start talking about what's happening in Australia or Asia or really the rest of the world, and people's eyes glaze over. But uh, but I'm also seeing an awakening to international issues among uh, scholars, at least in my field, that wasn't there say 10 years ago. So Australia is slowly not becoming the arse end of nowhere. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to go that far. Now I've bumped into Mervy Kauko. Hi, Mervy. Hello. This is your first AERA? It is, yes. And what brought you to AERA? I mean, what kind of made you think that this was a decent conference to come 10,000 miles to? Yes, well, I've um, wanted to come a few years, but I've never, it, it's never been possible before. I've never submitted a paper before, and uh, I've worked in, uh, with very limited uh, travel money. So I've had to, um, I've usually gone to the European conferences. Um, so I was looking forward to this. I knew that it was a really big conference. I would meet a lot of, oh, I would hear uh, people that I've read um, before and um, that um, because the program was just, it looked so great, uh, the theme social justice and also the fact that it would be in New York. So a lot of, um, a lot of good reasons. To uh, John Nochran described it earlier as meeting your bibliography, which is a really nice way of putting it. So what are you doing at ARA? Are you presenting any papers? Yes, I'm presenting one paper Monday morning on um, our study with Jane Wilkinson, um, uh, where we are talking about um, some of the um, educational experiences of refugee kids in Finland and Australia. So I took it easy, I guess, compared to a lot of um, people here. I only give one paper. So what sort of papers have you been lumped into in your session? Is there a big interest in kind of um, your area? Um, yes, there are a lot of, well, there are a lot of all kinds of papers. And I first tried to make a schedule following my, my SIG where I'm presenting. But then because there's so many other things that I'm interested in, so I've... Um, I haven't been very um, strategically uh, following anything. I've gone to different types of papers. I went to listen to Paulo Freire papers yesterday, and this morning I was listening to uh, papers about bilingual education and um, Latino Latina um, children's experiences. So, yes, I've uh, taken this opportunity to learn about things that I haven't learned about before. It's such an experience that you can just dip into these areas that you're not necessarily up to speed with. And finally, I'm wondering, have you got up to anything apart from coming to the conference? Have you done any touristy things, anything that you could count as fun? I have actually many fun things. We have a, we have a few excellent um, tourist guides here. So we've um, had breakfast at Tiffany's with, uh, with some um, Australian scholars. And um, then we've gone to listen to Billy Joel. When you say listen to Billy Joel? Uh, yes, we went to a concert. Yes, so we were listening and singing and not dancing, but yeah, we went to a, a great show at Madison Square Garden. Fantastic, and this is Academics Don't Have Fun. Thanks very much. So we've now come for a break from the main conference into the exhibition hall, where over 20 different publishing companies have set up shop. Each stall has lots of new book titles to flick through, but most importantly, academics can also chat with commissioning editors. You can talk through your book ideas, generally work out what sort of book or get a contract. 
So it's a great chance to meet editors, road test ideas. These are the people that ultimately make the decisions on whether or not you get to publish a book. So you'd be crazy not to go up and talk with them. So I'm joined now by Ali Baker, commissioning editor for Bloomsbury Press. Ali, how's ARA going so far? Good, it's been really busy in the exhibit hall, which is nice to see, especially from uh, sort of nine o'clock this morning. I wasn't sure if it would be fairly quiet. And you're here to talk to prospective authors. I'm just wondering, what's the one piece of advice you'd give an author that's pitching up to your area and asking for advice? Um, I guess uh, knowing your audience for your book, I think there's a, a temptation to say that it's for everybody and everybody needs to use it. But actually, realistically, that's unlikely. So for, uh, not being afraid to focus on your target audience, whether that's um, PhD uh, researchers or um, students on a particular course, I think focusing on that in a sort of unashamed fashion, I think, is actually more useful. And what sort of areas of education research are selling well? What sort of topics are you looking to commission books on? Um, there's been a lot of talk here at the conference about um, topics like immigration, um, refugees. That seems to have been a sort of a, a new trend I've noticed here. Um, but also um, age-old things like uh, teacher education, um, leadership and management. Sort of the, 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 the usual um, trends also seem to be continuing. And finally, what type of book do you want academics to be writing? Everybody wants to write a 100,000 word monograph. I guess that doesn't necessarily sell. What do you actually want us to do? Um, well, I there's, think there's still a market for this sort of the 100,000 word monograph. Um, we're looking at um, separating our titles off into series so that there's a focus and so that we don't just have, but here at Bloomsbury we've got a sort of a sea of purple and white that we've had for a long time. So we're looking at um, separating that out into, into particular series. But also we're seeing a big growth in our reference programme, um, particularly thinking about um, digital um, and online offerings um, so I'm looking I'm talking with a lot of people here about uh, handbooks in key areas um, so that's something that I'm, I'm particularly keen to hear about. Excellent thanks very much. So I've bumped into Professor Jane Wilkinson from Monash in the registration hall. Hey Jane how's ARA going for you so far? Oh it's fun I'm really enjoying it thanks Neil. So is this your first ARA? I guess not. No I think this is about the fifth one I've come to. And what's so good about ARA as a conference? I mean, what draws you back again and again? Um, I think for me, it was around the US. The USA is such a huge market. There are so many scholars in my field working in um, ed leadership and particularly social justice. And I just knew that if I wanted to kind of have an impact on the field and really start to learn from a broader group, I needed to kind of expand my networks beyond Europe and beyond England and Australia and the USA is the classic one to come to and ARA epitomises that. And one of the key themes this year is social justice and making a difference in public education. I mean, what sort of ideas are floating around in that sort of space? Uh, look, I went to a really interesting session yesterday around social activism and, and it was quite fascinating because it was actually both PhD students and teachers who are doing their PhDs and they're working in a whole lot of areas in terms of community outreach with young people and thinking about those really intractable problems around social justice uh, when it comes to poverty and uh, racism and so I, I found it really quite fascinating when they were talking themselves as Hispanic background um, scholars and educators and how do they reach people who are in really troubled circumstances, young people, and how do they work with them educationally in ways that actually will make a difference for them in their lives. And this idea of research making a difference is coming up again and again. It seems to be unless you're really making an impact and addressing social issues, it's not really worth doing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, why, why we? It's not, it's not just a navel-gazing exercise. Of course, you've got to theorise, you've got to think about what you're doing and you've got to put it into a, an appropriate context 
works, but in the end, I think, particularly for us as educational researchers, it is, it is about the impact that we have. And so whether it's an impact in terms of theory and thinking about rethinking the world uh, and or its impact in terms of young people or different ways of understanding education. And I think that's what came out yesterday in that session that was so powerful, was here were people talking about the impact education had had on them, but it was a different kind of education. It was community education. It was informal education. It was outreach. And I think that's the kind of thing we need to hear, particularly for people working in schools and more formal institutions of education. Yeah, yeah. Now, finally, this is a monster of a conference. How do you make it work for you? Look, to be frank, Neil, I was terrified about coming the first time. And uh, I know it's such a big conference and it's really intimidating. And I always say to young people who are thinking about it, the first time it's very intimidating. So this is what you do. You go through the program, you look at the gurus and the people that you really want to meet up with. And they may not be gurus, but they might be people who are writing interesting stuff in your field. You email them beforehand, you say, love your work, really read your article, thought it was so interesting, here's something I've been writing on, can we meet for a coffee? And so I have I spent the first three to four years assiduously making coffee dates with people and it's finally paying off and now I'm bumping into people and you know they're starting to issue invitations for me to do things with them but it takes time so that would be my advice, network and but do it beforehand, be really proactive about it. And if only the coffee in America was any good, coffee dates would be a brilliant idea. <laughs> well, that's true. The coffee's crap, but oh well. <laughs> there are other compensations. Now, one of the benefits of coming to AERA is the chance to catch up with overseas colleagues, especially people from the UK. So I'm joined now by Rebecca Einan, a professor from Oxford University. Hi, Rebecca. It's day three. How are you surviving? Um, very well, thanks. It's been a really interesting three days. So what are you doing at AERA? Are you presenting? Are you discussing? Um, I'm presenting and I'm also here in my role as an editor of Learning Media and Technology, uh, meeting people when they've got questions about the journal. So in terms of the paper that you're presenting, I mean, what's the big argument that you're actually putting forward? Well, the paper is a qualitative paper, really, that's trying to um, make us really think about and critique the dominant discourses in the UK policy at the moment that connects um, digital skills with economic prosperity and social mobility. And so we've got this really rich data set from working class young people talking about how they really experience technology and how their digital practices, even when they're very advanced, due to issues like um, uh, social class and gender, still don't mean they're going to get these fantastic jobs in the computer industry. And so secondly, I mean, you're an editor of a big Taylor and Francis journal and the Meet the Editor sessions at ARA are a great chance for authors to quiz you about how they can get their articles published. I mean, what's the key bit of advice that you're looking to give to prospective authors? That's right. We had that session this morning and it was a great session and we had lots of people come and see us. I think the key thing that I'd really like to stress when I talk to people is just to really think about whether their work really fits with our journal. They're so concerned about whether the methods are particularly accurate and things like that, but they don't think enough about the theoretical and conceptual contributions that they're trying to make. And with uh, Learning Media Technology being quite a journal that's pushing a kind of critical perspective, we're really keen on that kind of extra theoretical conceptual work. So it helps to have read the journal before you submit a paper? <laughs> it certainly does, and we also encourage people to send us an abstract before they submit so we can comment on it and help them um, to see if it, it's a good fit for, for our particular journal. Good advice. Now, given that half your time is actually working in the Oxford University Internet Studies Department, I guess you often go to conferences that are not education focused. So, I mean, is there anything particular or peculiar about education research that you notice when you come somewhere like AERA? 
Uh, that's a good question, but no, not really. I think AERA is such a huge conference. You can you can be all things. You can you can really delve into lots and lots of different areas that you don't usually kind of think about or have opportunities to go to, which is great. And so there's a lot of kind of um, subcultures and communities here. Um, so it's a very kind of open conference in that respect. Very diplomatic answer. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thank you. So finally, I wanted to end by hearing from Amanda Heffernan, an AERA newbie. Amanda, this is your first AERA. What on earth are you making of it? It's enormous. Um, so I'm used to our AARE equivalent, which is maybe a thousand people, give or take a few. Um, so that has been a, a huge difference. But it's been really exciting, really interesting, fantastic. And how are you coping? Have you got any kind of conference tips or hacks for surviving a conference such as this? I mean, what survival skills are you employing? Um, I think for me, the big thing has been knowing that I'm not going to get to everything um, and just really highlighting a few things that I don't want to miss in the program um, and making sure that I give myself plenty of time between sessions to sort of think about things and, and recover from what I've seen or what I've heard. So what exciting stuff have you seen at the conference? Any standout sessions? Any standout papers? There was a fabulous panel yesterday um, that was around, it was an Ed Leadership panel and it was talking about diversifying the, the professoriate. Um, so it was a group of people um, that were just sort of talking about their experiences and what they wanted to see happening um, within the Ed Leadership discipline uh, and it was brilliant. It was the best thing I've seen. So diversifying the professoriate in terms of gender, race? Um, gender, race. Um, there was a woman who was a profoundly deaf scholar um, and she was the only Ed Leadership scholar in America who is deaf so she had um, interpreters with her and that was just fantastic to even have that as a, a space for discussion and um, you know being kind of highlighted as a key issue so yeah. So well, I think one of the great things about a conference like this is coming across ideas coming across things like that you wouldn't necessarily hear of it just kind of broadens your thinking. Yeah definitely. So in terms of take-home messages or big issues that you're picking up on I mean what's the kind of mood of the conference this is the first conference uh, in the time of Trump so I mean I think that that's really interesting and the people that are, I'm sort of following the most closely are really working in that critical race space, um, particularly with leadership in schools. And the big thing that I think um, I'm hearing a lot about is finding space to work in the ways we want to work as academics. So um, that's stuff that we're talking about in Australia at the moment as well, um, trying to find ways to sort of make space for the research that we think is important that may not necessarily hit the metrics as well as, as the top 10 ways to fix your school or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the takeaway and that's what I'm going to be pondering. Excellent. I mean, finally, this is exhausting work. Do you think you're going to be coming back for future AERAs? I think so. I've been told you need to do three or four to really decide if it's for you. So I'm going to make that commitment. Um, and yeah, hopefully I'll be back. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks ever so much for stopping by. I'm glad it's working out well. See you soon. So we might as well finish slap bang where we first started. I've returned to Times Square. It's the final evening of the conference, five days since we first arrived. They're packing up the venues, people are getting taxis back to the airport. And personally, I feel like I've squeezed all I can from this year's conference, so it's high time to get going home as well. So until we all meet again in Toronto for AERA 2019, goodbye from New York. <laughs>